Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org slash match to maximize your gift today. Welcome to Florida Matters More, the podcast for Florida Matters, WUSF public media's show about the issues and events that Floridians care about. I'm Robin Sessingham, host of Florida Matters, here in the studio with Florida Matters producer Stephanie Colombini. Hey, Robin. Hey, and WUSF News Director Mary Shedden. Hey, Robin. Hi, Mary. You can hear Florida Matters Tuesday evenings at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7 or streaming on WUSF.org. You can also hear it Mondays at 10 p.m. on Classical, WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. Florida Matters was at the St. Petersburg Conference on World Affairs last week, and I got the chance to moderate a panel on St. Pete as an international arts mecca with people like Michael Francis, the music director of the Florida Orchestra, and Kristen Shepard, who's the director of the Museum of Fine Arts, along with Susanna Weymouth, the executive director of Tampa Bay Businesses for Culture and the Arts, and Leroy Bridges from Visit St. Pete Clearwater. It was a great panel. And we're going to hear some really interesting highlights on the podcast that we couldn't fit onto this show. Here's an exchange that starts with Susanna Weymouth and then Kristen Shepard with Michael Francis speaking last. We literally have one of the best airports in the world, and I've been to many of them. When, when we decided to relocate from Europe back to the United States for family reasons, first we went to Miami and then we were like, okay. <laughs> That is not a good airport. (laughs) And when we decided, and we could have chosen any, literally at that moment, we could have chosen anywhere in the entire world to live. And again, remember my parents bringing us to the MFA and to the Florida Orchestra? So we chose to base ourselves out of here, and we now live in St. Petersburg and St. Pete Beach. And uh, people said, why are you going there? And there were two theories. One was that we were entering the witness protection program. And the other one was the airport. And I can tell you that we have more than proven that with now all of the international visitors that come to see us. And then by the way, so what then do these international visitors do? They say, not just because Jan and Susanna decided to live here, but wow, this has everything. It has these incredibly rich cultural activities. And you could live here and go, every day to the Museum of Fine Arts and not exhaust the possibilities, not to mention the special exhibitions. We go often to the Florida Orchestra. It's always different. As Maestro Francis says, you know, there's a visiting trumpeter who's the best in the world. Or vi- so there's a level of excellence here, beginning with the airport and carrying through. And then what does everybody do? They go to Mary Kelly and Smith and & Associates and buy really expensive homes. <laughs> Right, and add to the local economy. So uh, again, a, a cultural activity, a cultural institution can really draw more than just a temporary visitor. It can have very long lasting economic effects. May I just add to that? Um, I think that some of the most 
memorable travel moments that all of us have had in this room. We've, we've, I've traveled all over the world. I love to travel. I'm intellectually very curious. I've been to many beautiful beaches, and our beaches are beautiful. But the most memorable experiences I have in cities all around the world tend to be cultural experiences. And those are the magnets that sort of draw you back to cities. When you have a memorable musical performance experience, and I can, off the top of my head, I can list my top five. I remember them so vividly from childhood forward in cities all over the world. Art museums, galleries, artistic expression in various places in the world, the cultural aspect of a tourist experience is often what stays with you the longest. And it's what adds value to that, uh, to that visit. So I think St. Petersburg is beautifully positioned. We're already seeing a lot of international tourism and, and a very worldly um, global audience coming to us. I think that will only increase as the word gets out. So I want to just mention something um, that uh, Kristen was talking about that is um, going to destinations for cultural reasons. And, and you know, what we don't have here is what you have when you go to Siena in Italy or you go to Florence or even if you go to London is that centuries of history and historical buildings. So therefore, for us to really work to keep people wanting to come here, it is the curiosity, is the fact that when people come to an orchestra, they come often eight to 10 times a year, or they go to museums depending on the exhibitions. What we do, that's the way we attract people. They're not going to come just to see a building of 1910 or 1890. That isn't attractive if you've been to, if you've been to Rome. As, as so. so this is be realistic about that. So therefore, what we do to make sure that it's vibrant, alive, and relevant uh, is essential. So Stephanie, a couple of people on the panel mentioned the airport, like Susanna Weymouth did there in that, in that cut. Yeah, which I can totally agree with. I come from New York, and we have some of the worst airports in the world. And I can't get over every time I use Tampa International Airport how easy it is. You're at the gate in like 15 minutes from when you walk in the door. And so that just, I think, immediately you start your vacation or wherever you're going, and you're in a good mood. Like, you didn't go through this hassle. It was easy, it was clean, it was smooth. And I could easily, I definitely see why they would argue that that, you know, boosts the area's tourism because you're just making people happy from the minute they arrive. And international tourism because there's a lot of direct flights, I guess, yes. out, of, out of the Tampa airport, although Leroy Bridges from Visit St. Pete Clearwater was saying they could Not always <laughs> right. use more. And Mary, we heard Kristen on why cultural experiences are so important to the life of a city. Right. I, I really had to agree with Kristen on that point, and I, I was sitting there when she was speaking about it, and I'm thinking about concerts I've been to or moments when I've actually been in a museum. We, we should interrupt here and say Mary lives in St. Petersburg and loves a huge St. Petersburg booster. Yeah, I, I, I've i lived in St. Pete for almost 20 years now. And what what really, and I'm a member of the Museum of Fine Arts, and I had a chance to meet Kristen. I was a member before Kristen was even the director there. And speaking to how she was saying how it attracts people, people stay there. Um, Susanna was saying how it's more than just being temporary. I moved to St. Pete and I didn't, I liked art. I've gone to museums. I've gone to New York to go to museums <laughs> and I love those places. But since I've lived in St. Pete, I've absolutely fallen in love with art. I go to the museum every time I get a chance. I probably go a dozen times a year to just a gallery and I'll pick a room 
It's accessible there. Incredibly accessible. And it changed the way I think about art. And I think what the Florida Orchestra is doing with their public performances and their pops performances in the parks, um, not just in Tampa, but also in St. Pete and playing at hospitals in Pasco County. I mean, that making it accessible made me an art lover. And so I didn't think I it was all about, um, you know, high society art. Um, I really think what makes the, the museums here extraordinary and the art scene here extraordinary is how accessible it is. Yeah, Michael Francis talked about the need for cultural excellence in St. Petersburg because it doesn't have the big draws, the Colosseum. It doesn't have the Colosseum of a Rome or the, the beautiful It is the St. Pete Colosseum that was featured in the movie um, Cocoon. <laughs> well, right. You just destroyed his argument, Mary. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a really but, bad movie. <laughs> But it, it it has to have it has to be excellent in the arts because it doesn't people are doesn't actually coming there for that uh, purpose. There's lots of beaches in Florida, but not everywhere has what St. Petersburg has in the way of culture. Right, and I mean he brought up kind of the old architecture and the history in places like Rome, but. I think St. Pete with its museums is, you know, you look at the Dolly, that is the one of the coolest buildings, yes. you know, I've ever seen. So I think, you know, we do bring our A game somehow. There's it a lot still of... be excellent without having centuries of, of help. And speaking of moving forward, Mary, you there's some new museums coming on. There are, but I want to go back to what Stephanie said about the excellence. The excellence what struck me, having lived in St. Petersburg for 20 years, is the excellence was always there. There, you know, Georgia O'Keeffe paintings have been in the Museum of Fine Arts for decades. The Dali Museum has been there for decades, but until what, six, seven years ago, when the new museum was built, it was in an industrial cinder block building on, right on the USF right. St. Pete campus. And that I building was that. horrific. It's, uh, if you see, I'll show you that building and you'll <laughs> go, there's no way. And I remember going to see the exhibit or going to the Dali it's Museum. Nondescript. It was nondescript, but even inside, it was like every place they could fit a piece, mm -hmm. they did. And you didn't have the... Um, the, the true majesty of what Dali does, you, you didn't get to experience it like you do now. And so I think what has changed over the years is recognizing that the excellence exists and now, but now putting it in a forum where it's being high profile, where the, they're marketing it um, to an international audience. And well, I, I think, I've seen yeah, that. Stephanie's point that the art is one part of the experience, but the museum itself, like the Guggenheim, like lots of museums, right. I mean, that's half the experience. It's just and now the Dali is so, so beautiful. Right. And Susanna's husband is actually the, the architect. architect of the Dali, um, Susanna, who is on the panel, which makes it even more full yeah. circle. And so there's these other museums coming on. I know you're really familiar with it, Mary. Yes. Um, uh, holy cow. It's, it's three big museums probably within actually in the next 18 months. One just opened last month um, called the Imagine Museum, and it's actually a an exhibit. Um, it's a museum on Central Avenue. Um, for those who know of Haslam's Bookstore, which is a, a museum unto itself, mm -hmm. um, it is an old charter school, an old bar, and it's turned into this amazing museum that's focused on contemporary glass art from the 1960s on. Um, and that is that just opened, and it's already getting media play in places like the art section of the Boston Globe. 
they're talking about the level of art um, that is in this one brand new museum that was started up by a private group. Then, hopefully, within minutes, within days, within weeks, the probably the most anticipated museum is called the James Museum of Western and Wildlife Art. And it is on Central Avenue in downtown. It's been a uh, whole block has been uh, closed off for for ages, um, I say, as I get frustrated in the lack of parking. Um, <laughs> but it is um, actually started with the collection of the f- former chairman, um, the chairman emeritus of Raymond James Financial. Tom James and his wife absolutely love Western art, and about three to 400 of their own cl- pieces are going to be part of the museum, but they're adding just a gazillion pieces. On the Facebook page just yesterday, they were installing an enormous um, bronze and patina statue of a Native American warrior getting attacked by like a wildcat. And you're seeing a crane place it. I mean, this is going to be majestic. And on the east coast of Florida, Western art, but it's going to be a unique collection. And a lot of people are excited well, about people that. Well, people don't get to see Western art that much right. living on the east coast. So it's. I think it should be a big draw. Right. And Mary James, Tom James's wife, she's even giving up her collection of um, Western jewelry. So there's going to be an enormous example of that. And so it's really, again, making it accessible to people, people who wouldn't have seen this kind of art. You expect to see it in Tucson, but now you're seeing it in St. Pete. Um, The third Third, the third big museum that's coming into town, and that's maybe another year or so away, but it's under construction. If you're going down Third Street um, toward downtown in St. Pete, it's a five-story building, and it's going to be called the Museum of the American Arts and Craft Movement, which really is a major movement in American art history, and it's going to be 130,000 square feet. Oh, so um, that's by far the largest of yes, these three museums. Yes, and this is almost completely privately funded. Um, by a guy, Rudy, I, I think it's Chicharello. I'm, I'm, I will apologize to him in person if uh, that's not how he says his name. But he has an extensive collection of furniture, pottery, tile, metalwork, photography, and other arts from this movement, which is really the late 19th century, early 20th century. So you take that, you take the Museum of Fine Arts, the Western art. Oh, let's throw in the Dale Chihuly Museum as well. And within about a mile of each other, you're going to have, oh, in the Dolly, seven, eight major museums in downtown St. Pete. It's, it's really stunning for me as somebody who lives there. I can't, I can't believe I can get into all these places. And they're actually fairly affordable. Sounds great. Uh, Stephanie, you're jealous. Gonna... <laughs> you're jealous of where I live. <laughs> I am. I'm a little jealous. Um, well, it's true. Every time I go over, it's about an hour and a half for me. Well, hour and 15 minutes to get to St. Pete. So I don't go that often. But every time I do, we're, we, you know, we always feel like we need to get out more often. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's fantastic over there. I sound like the Chamber of Commerce. Well, I actually, um, I met Tom James at the uh, recent, it was like an urban investors conference in Tampa that I was covering. And, you know, he talked about how his museum, obviously it's there to also draw national, international tourists, but a huge chunk of the building is also dedicated to office space and restaurant. I mean, they're trying to really put St. Pete on the map and, I mean, it's already on the map, but boost it and, 
and draw businesses to come here and residents to live here. And it's also about saying, hey, you know, look at all the amazing things that are here. Come live in downtown St. Pete. Come work in downtown St. Pete. Come start your business in downtown St. Pete. Thank you, Stephanie Colombini, Florida Matters producer. And thank you so much, Mary Shedden, St. Petersburg resident. Not God's waiting room anymore. Thank you very much. City of Green Benches. The Green Benches are still there. They are? And there's a brewery called Green Bench. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Okay, See, so let's, let's quickly, get an explanation quickly expl- on Green Bench. Yes, quickly The Green Benches that. were a marketing campaign in the 1930s and 40s, the old newsreel, and it was promotional uh, movies, reels, uh, to come to the city of St. Petersburg, and all along Central Avenue were green wooden green benches, and you could go sit in the well, sunshine people, in the winter That's right. And people just it. pictured old people sitting on green benches, and that was sort of <laughs> St. Petersburg's claim to fame, but not any more. It's, no. all, it's, it's all about beer now. <laughs> Mary Shedden, uh, WUSF News Director, thank you. Listen to Florida Matters Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7. You can always find it online at WUSF.org. I'm Robin Sussingham. Come back next week for another episode of Florida Matters More. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us tremendously. And subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And thanks so much for joining us.